Hey, I'm Kim Short, and it's time to get your podcast on. Welcome to What Led Her Here, exploring the defining experiences of women's lives. My guest today is the intentional and courageous Roz Levbarg. Roz is a professional speaker, life coach, grandmother of five, and is married to the love of her life. Roz's professional passion is coaching, and her personal mission is to bust the disempowering myths about midlife. Roz helps women who feel unappreciated and overlooked to create their next great chapter, to become the best version of themselves with a newfound sense of purpose and confidence. Now, if that doesn't light your fire, I don't know what will. I'm so happy to have her here today to share her story and wisdom. Welcome, Roz. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I love the notion that midlife doesn't signal the end of anything, but instead an exciting beginning. And that's not just because I'm 44. (laughs) Um, So in your experience, what is it that occurs around this time that inspires women to reevaluate and reflect and make some big life changes? Well, that's a great question. I think around this time, a lot of women are stepping back a little bit, maybe their kids are getting a little older and they're thinking, what's next for me? Or maybe they're at a job they've been at for a really long time and it just doesn't have the same shimmer and shine that it once did. They don't feel as passionate about it. And it just seems to be a time of reevaluating and looking at things. And, you know, our bodies are changing and we are thinking about that too. And it We may be thinking about our next chapter or what we could do. A lot of people get discouraged because they think, oh my gosh, I'm 45, I'm 55 or whatever it is. And they feel like, how can I even think of doing something now at this stage of the game? Like, what am I going to start? What am I going to do? And it just seems very discouraging because I think society has kind of given us the idea that when we get older, we have to kind of slow down or just forget about some other stuff. And some things are just for young people. But it's really a myth because, you know, they used to have this uh, expression, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And so we've kind of adopted that, like you can't really go back to school or learn anything. But it's not true because uh, there have been so much research about the brain, brain science. And we used to think the brain was hardwired and however you are, that's how you are. You know, your temperament, your personality, how you learn, that's hardwired. That's not true. We have the concept of cognitive flexibility now. And we've learned that the brain is flexible and we can change and we can learn and we can be different. So knowing that, I hope it gives people new ways to think about where they are and where they, where they want to be. I have to say, just from my own personal experience, seeing women, you know, friends and other people in my network who have at, like you said, 45 or 55, started businesses, written books, left jobs that they didn't like, changed relationships. This is really the beginning of something so exciting. And I love watching women really challenge, like you said, those societal roles that have been around for ages and do what sparks joy in them. Yeah, absolutely. How were you inspired to help women in particular through this sort of life transition? I think because I've had some challenges in midlife and the major one that has really led me to be where I am right now as a coach. 
there's always challenges in life, but like this was a really big one. And sometimes when you have one in midlife, it's really a whammy. Can you tell us about that whammy and yeah. how it, how it uh, affected you? It created a defining moment for myself. And I've never shared this story before. It's just so meaningful to me. And this is something that happened to me back in 2009. I'd been living alone for six years after ending my 28-year marriage. And even though I was older and my kids were married, I still dreamt of finding love again. Fool that I am, right? <laughs> no, I think, that's, I think that's brave and I love it. <laughs> yeah, one day it finally happened. I met and married the man I thought I'd be spending the rest of my life with. I was working as an occupational therapist. I left my job. I left my apartment to move out of state to be with him. Unfortunately, after 12 weeks of feeling like I married a stranger, I knew I had to leave. And I did. I came back to my old neighborhood. I was traumatized and distraught. And I had, I had no place to live. I had no car because he canceled my car insurance and he canceled my phone. And all I could do was move in with my married daughter. So it was just devastating. In the beginning, I would just burst into tears every day, like in shock and feeling just so humiliated, wondering how someone with advanced degrees could be in this position, homeless and too emotionally upset to even look for a job. So this went on for a couple of months until one day I was so weary of the emotions and the negative thoughts that were playing on a loop in my brain. And I said to myself, Roz, you have a decision to make. Someday when people tell your story, do you want the last thing they say to be, and that's what happened to Roz? Or do you want to create a different ending, one that ends with a love and success? That was the moment I decided to write a different ending. So every morning, I put my earphones in and I read or listened to every class, webinar, and talk on positive psychology, energy healing, personal development, all those things which really inspired me. And after making that fateful decision and hours of learning, I was able to take three steps that changed everything. I would love to hear about those. So the first one was someone brought me a beautiful journal, which I used to write all my thoughts and feelings each day. Second, I learned to become aware of my automatic negative thoughts and change them into positive ones. And the last thing I did I created the daily habit of answering the question, what is one small thing I can do today to move forward in my life? Oh, I love that. Because, yeah. you know, I, I think sometimes when we're trying to get out of a difficult situation or, you know, trying to change our mindset and become more positive, we can get caught up in making these huge changes and resolutions. And it's really important, like you said, to remember that we can do little things every day mm -hmm. that can start to point us in the right direction toward a new mindset and a happier life. Right. Absolutely. And even when you feel down in the dumps, even if you don't have major stuff going on, I know it's been so hard for people with the lockdowns and the quarantines and all that. I had a terrible time myself. And just saying that to myself, okay, what's one tiny thing I can do today? And you feel much better. It's okay to clap for yourself for even the tiniest thing because you did it. Yeah. So if you're wondering what actually did happen to Roz, 
I would love uh, to know. <laughs> at the end of the story, exactly a year and a half after my aha moment, I found myself living in the largest and best apartment I'd ever had, working for the highest salary I'd ever had. And best of all, the man who is the love of my life, whom I'm married to now, walked through my door for the first time. Oh, I love that. So tell me, you had to have had some nerves around that, right? Because you had come out of a difficult marriage. And how did you find that courage to open up your heart to someone else? I think I was just ready to start over again. And I knew that I wanted to move forward in my life. And what happened to me was something that was just going to be part of me. We never really totally release these things, but they become integrated into your life. And it's, it's okay. You know, it happened to me and it was okay. And if I think back, and maybe this is true for other people too, maybe you had this, if you think back to other times in your life, when you were crying, or you lost your job, or you were in a car accident, God forbid, or something like that. If you think about it, I know for me, every time I lost a job, something better came up after that. And every time I was really upset about something, something good happened after that. We don't realize it at the time because it's so difficult. But if you think back, you did benefit in some way. You did learn something. You found some meaning in the experience. Yeah, I think if we can capture that mindset that the universe is working for us, right? Mm -hmm. Not against us. Mm -hmm. And if we have the courage to learn from those difficult experiences, to take the positives out of those, you know, traumatic things in our life and have the courage to move on, then we can trust that there are better things ahead if we open ourselves up to that, to new opportunities, to new experiences. And that can be really scary. It is. It's always scary to do something new. I told my story today, which I haven't told uh, ever in public And so that was very scary for me, but I'm still breathing over here. So, (laughs) and you know what the great thing is when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and share, that's when we really can connect with other people. I believe that wholeheartedly. And by you talking Mm -hmm. about your story and not giving up on love and getting out of a situation that you knew wasn't right for you, those are things that so many people can relate to. And then when they hear you say it, they know they're not alone. So I think there is such incredible value in sharing. So I, I thank you so much for doing that here. And thank you for trusting me to be part of it. Oh, you're welcome. It's a pleasure. So if you could put your greatest life lesson in a nutshell? I know that's a huge question, but if you could tell us in a a sentence or two, like what is your biggest life lesson that you would like to share to inspire other women? What would that be? So many different lessons, actually. It's, It's kind of more than one. I'd love to hear all of your wisdom. You're more than you think you are and you're stronger than you think you are and never give up on love. I guess those would be three major things. I love that. And you have lived that. You've really walked the talk. Yes, I try to. So what is next for you? What excites you about the future? I'm now 72 years old and I started my coaching business a few years ago and I just look forward to growing that business and to be able to impact more women and to help more women step into their strengths and who they are and what they want to create. 
that really excites me to be able to to pass on some of the lessons that I've learned and the skills that I have and pass them on to other women so that they can create beautiful things for themselves. Oh, I love what you just said. I think the work you do is so important to pay it forward to other women. So, oh, thank you for that. So are you ready for the final five? These are the same questions I ask of every guest. And the first one is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I think if I had a superpower, I would want to be able to just twitch my nose and I could visit my children and grandchildren. That would be a great superpower right now. Oh, I agree 100%. <laughs> when you were a kid, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? I always wanted to be a teacher and I actually became one. I taught little children early on and then high school, and then I became a college professor. So I guess I had my childhood wish. Yeah. Well, and you still are a teacher. And I still am. <laughs> <laughs> if it were your last day on earth, what would your final meal be? Okay. Well, that was an easy one for me because yeah. I have an incredible sweet tooth. So I think my last meal would be a dessert and it would have to be a hot fudge sundae with vanilla ice cream, whipped cream, walnuts, and a cherry, all sitting politely on top of a thick brownie. Ooh, okay. You got, you got me with the brownie. I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Uh, who is a woman in history or present day you admire? I gave this a lot of thought, and I do have my historical figures, but I decided that I, I wanted to talk about and choose my mom. And my mom is not with us anymore. And she was just a, a great role model and a great lady. She and my dad were immigrants. They escaped the Holocaust and they went to Cuba. And that's where they met, actually, each from a different country. They met in Cuba. It was the only country that allowed Jews in in the 30s. So that's where they ended up. And they ended up meeting there. And there's an example. If it wasn't for the war, I wouldn't be here right now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so they met there and uh, my mother was a hairdresser. My dad was a tailor. They came to the United States and the very first place they lived is the place where I was born. It was a basement apartment in a big apartment building. As you opened our front door, there was a furnace <laughs> and there were pipes on the ceiling, if you can imagine. And there were pipes under the kitchen sink. But my mother she was a hairdresser, but she was also an artist, a very creative person. And she made that apartment look beautiful. And where the sink was and the, the pipes under it, she made this like little curtain that went around it so you didn't see it. And she, you know, painted everything pretty colors. And she was just amazing. And she started her hairdressing business in that little basement apartment herself. Hardly speaking English, she had to go to night school to learn English, and she had people from the neighborhood coming to get their hair done. So I grew up in a beauty parlor, and just amazes me how she was able to, you know, start this little business and move to another house. Eventually, we uh, we owned our home. It was a two-family house, and my mother had her business in a, a small storefront at that point, but she still, she made dinners and she worked every day and she was a painter and she did oil paintings. And my parents didn't have so much money and yet they did so much for us. My brother and I went to summer camp 
and both of us graduated college, which is incredible. So she's really a hero to me because I look back and I think, I don't know if I could do all that. Oh, I love that. And is there anything in particular that you've taken from her that you've put into your own parenting or your own life in general? She was very resilient. Just put one foot in front of the other. And I think that was what I got from her. And a direct thing that I remember she always used to say, never compare yourself to somebody else. She taught me that since I was a little girl. And it's really helped me so much. What a wonderful role model. Yeah. What is your favorite quote? My favorite quote comes from a book called Sayings of the Fathers. And the quote is from someone named Rabbi Hillel, who lived in the first century. And the quote is, if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? If I am for myself, what am I? If not now, when? Thank you so much for sharing that. It's very powerful. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today to share your story. I appreciate your vulnerability, and I am sure that our listeners are going to take a lot away from your wisdom. You're so welcome. I really appreciate being here today and having the opportunity to share that and spend some time with you. 